Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation. Welcome to the Footy News Weekly Live. Let's talk all the rumours, all the news, all the confirmed stories. It's a football free-for-all. Got any questions, got any things you want to talk about, let's get them in. Let's discuss it, whether it's tactics, transfers, teams, whatever it may be. Let's discuss it. Let's have a good old reckless speculation conversation. Um, just as we wait for some of the latecomers to join us from the various platforms. Um, quick little bit of housekeeping. First and foremost, there's been some problems with the Facebook stream. I don't know what's going on with it. It's not my end. It's not StreamYard's end. So if you have any issues with the Facebook stream, then jump on YouTube. Um, I will drop the link in the chat on Facebook. Just done that now. So just jump on the YouTube stream. It's much clearer, stronger, better, faster. Um, if you want to support the channel even more, become a member, patreon.com slash ace podcast nation. If you like your podcast in audio form, all of our shows are available via the Sports Social Podcast Network, Britain's first all sports podcast network. They've got all sorts of great podcasts on there, including all the content produced by Ace Podcast Nation. This Saturday, got a massive edition of my story coming with the viral sensation that is the baddest nerd on the planet, Brandon Scott. We had a good old chat with uh, Eddie Hearn's favourite, and uh, it was a lot of fun, a lot of interesting conversations about boxing, Tourette's, uh, him being bullied when he was younger, all sorts of stuff. Really interesting chat. Got him such a such a focused and clear thinking lad for someone who's so young like he is. Got a good head on his shoulders, and uh, I had a lot of fun talking to Brandon. This Monday, of course, we have uh, the return of the legend. Mr. Andy Campbell will be joining me for a special episode. We're going to talk some football. We're going to talk about what he's been up to. And we're going to look back at a couple of little short clips from uh, our guests on the AC Footy Show. We're going to put together just some little sort of 30-second, one-minute clips so we can reminisce. Maybe Andy will get the bug again. You never know. But we'll see. Um, so hopefully we can spread the word, get a good audience for that, for the, for the return of the legend. Uh, if you're a boxing fan as well, live on Facebook, produced by Ace Podcast Nation. It's not on our channel. It's on Ben Doherty's Facebook page. I post all the links on a Sunday. It's a phenomenal boxing show. If you're a real boxing fan, 
who likes to get deep into the the deep analysis of boxing that's the place to go best boxing show on the internet just so happens it's produced by ace podcast nation but uh tell me what you want to talk about what's the news obviously in the last couple of hours chelsea have agreed a fee with uh, mason mount so i'd expect that to be confirmed very soon we've got james madison's gone to spurs Declan rice uh arsenal have had a i think they've had um 105 million pound bid accepted so they're going to probably finish that off um Ngolo Kante's bought a third-tier Belgian side. This tells you all you need to know about how much footballers get paid. Uh, he's obviously going out to Saudi Arabia soon with uh, a few others. So there's lots to discuss. Loads of transfers going on. Um, we can talk tactics. I see a few people saying, like, you know, how does uh, Mason Mount fit into Ten Hag's thinking tactically? I mean, we could talk about that if you like. I, I've got a an idea of how I think it'll go, but so we can discuss that. We can discuss anything you want. Football, football, football is where we are tonight. Um, Reese says, I might jump on that soon. Errol Spence is fighting Crawford, probably the biggest fight in recent years. Yeah, I think um, they'll be doing a deep, deep preview of that, mate, as well. Um, and they have some massive, massive guests on there as well. It's real, real classic fighters, um, real good stuff. They know their stuff. Michael Ola JD Jr. is uh, the co host former professional boxer who fought Tommy Hearns in his time. Um, and then obviously Ben Doherty is like a machine with his analysis and the dates and the historic knowledge is just like ridiculous. It's unmatched. So, uh, yeah, if you're a boxing fan, it's worth it. Um, what else we got going on in the uh, the old Premier League? Um, Onana has uh, supposedly agreed in personal terms with United and also Ten Hag has blocked Tom Heaton's move to London, uh, to Luton. So it looks like De Gea probably won't play for United again, which is an interesting one. Havertz has gone to Arsenal. Um, I think it's well worth having a discussion about where Havertz is going to play because um, I think some people are getting it wrong. In Let's see a lot of people saying he's going to play as you know one of the striker options. I actually think he's going to play a bit deeper than that. Um, I think Arsenal's midfield, if they do sign Declan Rice, will be Declan Rice, Odegaard, and Havertz. To me, at least, and I, you know, I'm sure Michael Arteta knows more about these players and about football generally. Um, I think that will get unstuck against some top sides and some big sides who've got better midfields or more robust midfields defensively. Declan Rice, I think you'd be asking a lot of him to play with Odegaard and Havertz in front of him against, say, even like a like Casemiro and Mountain Bruno, I think is a bit much, like, let alone the Man Cities of the world and the rest of these teams where Casado goes and whatnot. So it's but, I mean, they could play Odegaard and Rice as a two, I guess, and have it more as a ten. Maybe that works better. But it's interesting because Kai Havertz has not impressed me at all in his time at Chelsea. Uh, evening to Rob Boyle, evening to Will. Welcome, one and all. Reese uh, Reese says, keen to see where people think Havertz will play for Arsenal. I've seen a few people say he'll play, he should play number eight alongside Rice. I when they first were linked with him, I assumed he was going to play sort of wide or through the middle, up top, because I just don't see him as a midfielder. 
And I think him as an eight, I just can't see him. Like, to me, you're number eight or the second person in a pivot or the right or left of a two playing in front of a one. Should one of them at least needs to be quite robust and, you know, technically decent, but, but physical and, and good for tackle. And, yeah, Rob, uh, everyone seems to be on YouTube, mate. Um, and, like, Odegaard is technically brilliant, but he's not like – he works hard, but he's not like a physical midfielder. And I just wonder whether Declan Rice might, might get a bit exposed if that's the three they're going to go with. But, again, I would say, you know, Arteta probably knows more than what I do about football and about habits, and he's probably got a plan because they seem keen to get it done quick. Um, what's that? Wilfred Zaha hints at next move. I mean, he's a free transfer. He could be a free transfer worth someone because he's been... He never really got a chance at United and then has gone back to Palace and excelled. He's 30 now, but he's free. Free, free, free. Um... Palace have offered him 200 grand a week to stay, which I think tells you everything about how highly they value him because that is an obscene amount for a club the size of Crystal Palace. So that obviously tells you how good and highly, how highly they rate him. But he's been linked with PSG, Atletico Madrid, Lazio, all sides of Saudi, like all these clubs. I think he's been linked with United and a few clubs around the Premier League as well. Um, I would like to see him go to like a top Premier League side and be given a chance because he never got a chance with United. And obviously there was these mad rumours about why. <laughs> but I don't know how much truth there is to that. But he never got a chance to show what he could do when he was young. I would like to see if he can replicate his form or even improve on it if he played for a better side. Rob Boyles joined us on YouTube. Yeah, and I think... If there's no one watching on Facebook or if Facebook is being a bit rubbish again, I might end the Facebook stream later. But there's I see a few people on there, so we'll see how it goes. Um, what do you guys want to talk about? What would you like to talk about? Here's one. Do we think David De Gea has been disrespected by United and United fans considering what he's done for them over the years, especially when they were shite and he was keeping them relatively respectable because like the man's been there like whatever it is 12 years or something stupid um he has probably played his last game for united and from the outside at least it looks like they offered him a reduced contract because he was on like 375 grand a week where they got him to stay where he was going to go to atletico and then They've offered him this reduced contract saying, like, I think it's down to like 175 or 200 grand a week, down to, but with bonuses and stuff like that. And then he's had a ropey end to the season. But he's agreed that contract. And by all accounts, it seems he's signed it. And then the club went back on it and went back to him and said, actually, we think we need you to pay you less. And he agreed that, signed it. And then the club didn't sign it, left it, left it, left it. The season finished. He got a bit of stick from fans because he made high-profile mistakes. Doesn't really fit in how Ten Hag wants to play. And then now he's gone off on holiday. He's out of contract. They don't want to ex do the automatic extension because then they are, he's on 375 grand a week. So he could effectively go for free. 
doesn't get he didn't get his send off because everyone assumed he was staying because he had signed his contract. And now it looks like United are bringing in Onana, who fits more with Ten Hag, has played with him before, certainly is impressed last season with his football skills as well as his shot stopping. Has De Gea been disrespected? I, I'm not sure. Like, to me, I think it shows at the very least a bit of lack of class. Like, to me, he's, he clearly wants to stay because he, he agreed both contracts. He agreed the first one on reduced wage. And then when they went back and said, no, no, we need to pay you even less, he signed that. And then they've kind of stitched him up. Like, I think that's naughty. But I guess it's because they don't want him to be sat there as second choice keeper on 200 grand a week. I would assume that's the reason. But they should have been up front with him and said, we're going to bring a keeper in to contest against you. That's why they shouldn't have kind of given him one impression and, and then the other. It's a shame that his time at United, because he is, you know, apart from the last season or so, like he was one of the best goalkeepers in the world and he kept it, he kept it respectable when they were shocking. Um, been their player of the year three times, which is unheard of at a club like United. So, yeah, I feel like he's just been disrespected a little bit. Um, Reese says it's poor from the club, real lack of respect. Should have gone to Madrid a few years back before they got Qatar. Um, Rob says, uh, sorry, that was Reese, and then Rob says, dick move by United. Yeah, I think so. I think it shows a bit of uh lack of class. Like, they have every right to not renew his contract or to you know want him to move on or not want to pay him so much, but you've got to be up front and say, you know, I'm going to, we want to sign a new keeper. If, we, if you want to stay, you've got to sign on a reduced wage. You're going to be second choice, at least at the start. And let's be honest, like they did this with Dean Henderson. They brought Dean Henderson back. He was first choice, but then he got COVID. De Gea came back in, was outstanding. And then Henderson couldn't get his face back. So like much like some other players, like, like Luke Shaw, for instance, when he hasn't had competition, his performance has slipped, but then as soon as you gave him competition, and he was excellent again. Is that why De Gea has slipped? Because no matter what happens, no matter what mistakes he makes, he's always going to play because they haven't got a second. They don't want to play Tom Heaton in the really big games. They're happy to play him in the Carabao Cup, but that's it. If De Gea knows no matter what he's going to play, then he's a human being. Of course, his form is going to slip. So maybe that's something too. I don't know. Um, Jimmy Vardy has turned down a big money move to Saudi Arabia um, because it wouldn't suit his family. Much respect to him. Much respect to him. Because I think it's easy to take that. I'm not, you know, that stupid, ridiculous amount of money. Um, and by all accounts, it does seem at the moment like he's going to stick with Leicester in the championship. And he'll score a shitload of goals in the championship if he stays fit, let's be honest. Um, so it'd be interesting to see. Very interesting. Leicester got some big players that they can sign, uh, sell. They've sold James Madison already for like 40 million to Spurs. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yuri Tillman's gone on free. Harvey Barnes looks like he could go to Villa or West Ham. So, yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, Rob, uh, sorry, Reese says uh, it does come across like miss mixed signals from the club. Maybe the manager wants to keep him, club don't. The fact they're offering him new deals and then withdrawing and maybe trying to force him to look bad. I just think Ten Hag was probably happy to have him on a reduced wage and happy to keep him. And then he, as the season went on, he was like, well, he doesn't just not fit in how he wants to play. 
because his distribution is not great. But he also made some mistakes, so he wasn't doing as well. So then I think maybe he just changed his mind. But you've got to be upfront with a player. Um, Rob says, sums up what a man Jamie Vardy is. Um, Reese says, tough of Jamie Vardy at his age. Defenders are going to want to leave a mark on him. Premier League winner. Defenders will get stuck into him. They will. But I think um, he didn't play a lot of football this last year, just gone. And I just think if he if he can stay fit, he'll score goals. He's a goal scorer and he'll score. But it also depends on what players they've got left, who they sign. Madison's a big blow for him to lose. Like he was always going to go. Um, I wonder what people think. Jamie Bar, uh, Jamie Madison. Uh, fuck, not Jamie Madison. James Madison, forty million. Is that a good price? I think it's all right. For his age and his abilities, England international, he's he's pretty good. I was are we surprised that like no bigger club than Spurs was in for him? Like if you're Arsenal, what's a better deal? Sixty-five million for Kai Havertz or forty million for James Madison? It's interesting because to me. I think I prefer James Madison. Cheaper, younger, but uh, I just think he's a better footballer. But yeah. like, there's obviously a reason why Arteta seems very intent on getting Havertz in. He's clearly got a role in mind for him, but but I think um, Madison's good player, creative. Forty million's a pretty good price. Tottenham, though, are just a walking disaster. Like, what will they... If you take Harry Kane's goals out last year, like, they are right down the bottom. Um, what else we got? Um, Rob says, don't think Jamie Vardy's went to shy away from that, though. Like, Reese's a bit of kicking. I know he's had a bit of a kicking before. Obviously, he spent his career in the lower league, didn't he? So he knows, you know, he knows what it's like. It's just whether at his age... He can still do it. He's lost a half a yard of pace. Can he stay fit two games a week, etc.? But it'd be interesting if he does stay because I think you'd. Exp- I think he will score goals. Um, Reese says championship teams will now be able to name a nine-man bench, but continue to bring on five subs. I mean that's good for the likes of Leicester and Southampton and some others. But I mean Cardiff probably haven't even got nine players they can name on a bench be honest uh rob says all gone quiet on james ward prowse yeah um james ward prowse is a weird one because on paper i think he'd be a really good signing i think he'd be a good signing for liverpool depending on how much he costs can play deep can play a bit further forward set pieces are exceptional he's one of them players a bit like michael carrick who just quietly does goes about his business Always very rarely has an exceptional, amazing game, but also very rarely puts in a bad performance. It's like a solid 7 out of 10 all the time. And then, you know, his set pieces are superb. I think he'd be a good signing for someone. Villa, maybe. Um, Rob says, has Harry Kane signed for Bayern now? Red conflicted information. Yeah, it's a bit of a, a bit of a mixed signals with that one, isn't it? Um, as far as I know, he hasn't. I was told by 
few people, someone who works within the Spurs system, like three, four months ago, that Harry Kane wouldn't move outside the Premier League and he would literally, he would run his contract down if um, Levy won't give him a move. Daniel Levy won't give him a move in the summer. He'll just run his contract down and go for free next year. I think it's a bit of a risk because of his age. You never know what's going to happen. Will he still be as wanted next year as he was there? He probably will be, but it is a risk slightly. I think it's inc- I think it's mental to me, mind. Someone like Daniel Levy, who's renowned for being difficult to deal with, getting good deals and, and making money, is going to sell Harry Kane to Bayern for like 80 million euros. But is quoting Premier League teams 100 million, which is, you know, I'm sure most clubs would pay like, I'm sure United, for instance, who need a striker, would probably pay 85, 90 million for him, more than what Bayern would, certainly. But he just doesn't want to sign into a Premier League. Now, that's weird to me because I think in Daniel Levy's head, he thinks, why well, I don't want to sell to a rival. But I don't think there's anyone amongst us who watches the Premier League regularly who thinks that Tottenham are a genuine rival to the United, Liverpool's, Chelsea's, etc. I know some of these teams didn't have great seasons last year, but you'd expect them to be back at it. And I just don't see Spurs in that bracket. But I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think Harry Kane will stay in the Premier League because he wants to break that record. Unless he goes and does like two years at Madrid or Bayern or something and then comes back for like the last couple of years in the Premier League somewhere else. But there's no guarantees in football, you know. The way he plays, you think he could play long into his career. His injury record's good. But you never know what could happen. And if he genuinely wants that record, the Premier League goal-scoring record, I think, probably needs to stay in the Premier League in some fashion, whether that's with Spurs or elsewhere. But then if you want to win trophies, and we've talked about his ambition or lack of, if you want to win trophies, like Bayern almost guarantees you, if you go to Bayern for two, three years, you're going to win a couple of league titles, maybe a cup or two, probably do quite well in the Champions League as well. So it does make sense from that point of view. It depends how important it is to him to break the record in the Premier League for the all-time goal scorer, I guess. Um, you kind of write your name in history, don't you, forever then if you do that, but I'm sure someone will break it again at some point. Um, Haaland will probably break it. Uh, let's have a look. Reese would say, I was saying that, yeah, he'd probably go to Bayern as Levy won't sell to a league rival. Rodri kept saying it was rubbish. rubbish. He'd go to United for 100 million. I still think that United for about 90 with add-ons taking it to 100 will probably happen. But I think it'll happen late in the window because Levy will just grind it out unless Harry Kane decides he fancies going abroad. But I think generally Levy's just trying to drive the price up to it because everyone knows United needs a striker. Everyone knows Ten Hag wants Kane. So unless they sign... Hoyland or Ramos or whoever else they've been linked with. I think ultimately 
the Kane deal is there and until it's not. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he goes for like 90 with 10 million add-ons to United at some point later in the summer, particularly when they're, once their takeover is sorted, which looks like it's nearly done now and the Qataris are going to come in, it does change the, their transfer plans to a certain extent because they, whilst I think there's some certain restrictions on FFP and stuff like that, I think ultimately they'll be debt-free and I think that will improve their situation because you can get around FFP in various ways. Whereas when you've got like a billion in debt, that obviously affects it. Um, so, yeah, I think at the moment United have to sell to really buy loads more. I think I've seen like a few reputable people who know the score at United saying that they have got like 150, 200 million to spend anyway. And then depends what they can bring in. But they've also got some players which I think they can use in deals. So, like, McTominay was fancied by Brighton in January. So, if they want Casado and Brighton, quite rightly, asking for, like, 90 million. Because when you look at what everyone else is going for, if I'm Brighton and anyone's sniffing around Casado, I ain't taking less than, like, 85, 90 million, which is astonishing fees. But I just look at everyone else and I'd say, that's what the price is. Don't want him. Don't want to pay it. Don't have him. Because Saudi had now interested in him so they'll pay it um reese says i don't think united are in a position to be spending too much unless they start offloading yeah and i think that's at the moment until the takeover is complete i think you're right they can't do too much but they've got a bit like you know i think um they've spent 55 on on mason mount today i think that's a good deal i think it's a good signing and i'll tell you why um Whilst I'm not Mason Mount's biggest fan, I don't think he's like amazing. And I think Casado is a much better footballer generally. Uh, he's much more versatile as well. Is the, I think Mason Mount is who there's a reason that he's the first United signing of the summer. Uh, and that's because I think Ten Hag wants to revert back to the system he used with Ajax with one holding midfielder being Casemiro and then having uh, two number eights who do a lot of running. Uh, mate, Rob Boyle, I'm not having that whatsoever. Rob Boyle just said uh, Havertz is better than Mason Mount. That is absolute fucking horseshit. There's nothing to base that on. Like, if you take, like, last season where Mason Mount's injured and Chelsea is shit, okay, that was a shit season. Season before that, he had, like, a boatload of assists and goals and won the Champions League. Like, Kai Havertz has been garbage ever since he was at Chelsea. It's rubbish. Now, maybe he'll prove me wrong, but on the basis of what I've seen in the last three years, I would have Mason Mount all day long. And I'm not one to big up English players because I think they're well overhyped. I don't think he's worth 55 million. Yeah, you think he reeled me in there, mate. Um, Will. But um, uh, what's his face? Uh, Ten Hag. Wants, I, I think, wants to go back to that system which he played at Ajax with the holder and the two eights who do a lot of shuttling, basically, up and down the pitch, and they create. So if you put Bruno Fernandes, he already played Bruno Fernandes uh, in a deeper role last season, and Bruno did very, very well in it, and he works hard, and he's creative. If you can do Mason Mount on the other side, I think that's why he wants Mason Mount. But United have been strongly linked with Casado as well. 
which I just can't see how they're going to spend without moving anyone else out. 55 million on Mount, 80 million at least on Casado. Onana's costing 40 million. And then they're still going to sign the striker. But don't get me wrong, if they, if they could get Onana, Casado, and Mount, I think they're really, really worth like having a look at for the. Like, I think they'll do well next year because Casado is top, top quality footballer. And I, I hope Brighton really stick to it because if Declan Rice is worth 105 million, Casado's worth 100 million as well. Just, he just is. Casado is so much better than Declan Rice in every way. He's better a holding midfielder. He's better as a number eight. He's better. He plays right back. He can play probably centre centre back as well. I'm sure he could play a bit further forward as well in a more creative role in the midfield. Casado is a top quality footballer, and I could see why. Because, for instance, let's say United somehow have got the money and they get Casado. He can play alongside Casemiro in the big games to make him defensively solid in the midfield with Bruno or Mount or whoever in there as well. Or when Casemiro undoubtedly gets sent off because his card is definitely marked now by the refs, like or he's injured or he needs a rest, Casado can play in the that defensive midfield role in an emergency. He can cover up fullback. I could see exactly why they want him. I don't think he goes to United. I think he's. I think he goes to Chelsea. I think the reason why he's been so heavily linked with United in the last two days, three days, is because United said to Chelsea, "We're not paying more than fifty-five million for Mason Mount. Take it or leave it." And they walked away from it. And then the next day, or within an hour or two from that news breaking, it was like, "Oh, United are back in for Casado." Chelsea then are like, "Shit, we need to sell him Mason Mount because." Casados, we want Casado sort of thing. So I, I think that was quite clever by United, which is very rare. I say that about their their work in the transfer market. They're useless. Um, Reese says if Declan Rice is worth 105 million in today's market, and which with the likes of Prime Gareth Barry, Gareth Barry, fucking hell, come on now. You could have said like anyone. But I mean, it's fair, fair question, right? If Declan Rice is a hundred million pound player. How much was Claude McAlealy in today's market? How much was prime Roy of the Rovers, Steven Gerrard? How much is prime Frank Lampard, prime Paul Scholes, prime Roy Keane? Do you know what I mean? Like all these players are so much levels and levels above Declan Rice. And maybe Declan Rice will go to Arsenal and he will really show what he can do. But in my opinion... If I'm paying hundred million pounds for a player, he better be changing the game in terms of turning me into title contenders. He better be a world superstar going forward, or he better be one of the best defensive players in the world. Because hundred million is what you pay for world class talent. And just my opinion, Declan Rice is a very good footballer, very good footballer, but he's not worth hundred million. He's not world class at the moment. And there's a risk to it, which I discussed yesterday, I think. He's not used to playing that far. Because Arsenal, you know, they have a high line. He's going to do a lot of his work inside the opponent's half. He's not used to that. England play quite deep. So do West Ham. He's almost been like a half defender at times. It's a weird one, which is why I actually thought he was a good fit for Man City in the John Stones role. But 
that's another story. Um, Reese says, I say, if Barry, I say Barry, as he was English, we know English means premium is added. Oh, I mean, Gareth Barry went for some bucks, mind, in his, um, in his day, didn't he? Didn't he go to Man City for like mega bucks at one point? So, I mean, you know, he went for some cash, did Gareth Barry. Maybe he was a bit underrated, like did the quiet defensive midfield role before his time. Um, what do you think of the, of, um, you know, the Glazers' ownership of United, which is now illegal, as according to the FA and FIFA rules, which is outrageous. But reading stories these last couple of weeks about how they have effectively never spent a penny of their own money on, on like, investment, invested in United is... It's obscene. It's, I think whether you like United, hate United, whatever, you don't really care. Like any football club, no football club should be able to be purchased by someone. Like I shouldn't be able to go and purchase Cardiff with, say, like a 20 million loan. And then when I've signed to say I'm the owner, then put that loan against the club and take the 20 million. And then every year take out 10, 10 million and all transfers be funded by what the club raises from their revenue. So I never spend a penny. I don't spend any money to buy the club. I don't spend any money on transfers or the training ground or the stadium. I just take money out. The club looks after itself, just getting further and further in debt. I think that's disgraceful. And nobody should be able to do that to any football club. Rodri, you can't even spell Glazers, mate. Come on. Wake up, mate. Come on. Embarrassing. Um, Reece says, so am I correct in saying that um, they bought the club by taking out a loan against the club, and since then the club's debt's gone to $1 billion. Yeah, so basically, um, I think the, the actual debt in terms of the Glazer debt is about, um, I think it's 800, just under $800 million, but with transfer and other things that they've put up against the club and installments is literally like 1 billion in debt. And it's outrageous because I didn't realize how bad, what bad a condition the stadium was in until Rod has mentioned it a few weeks back. And then I actually looked it up a bit and there's like leaks in the roof and the training ground is like way behind like other top clubs, which is outrageous when you consider you know what the size of the club and who they are and stuff um but i just think it's outrageous that any owners can can uh can buy a football club and own a football club in that way and not even and now they're going to make like six billion from the qataris so they're making even more money absolutely oh it just makes me feel fucking sick to be honest Will says, don't get me started on the Glazers purchase of United. Basically, legal money laundering. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely fucking outrageous. Rodder says, Casado, Consado next. Fucking hell. Um, Casado next. Yeah, I just talked about Casado, mate. I said, um, I think he'd been an exceptional signing for United. And Brighton wanted McTomney in January. So I'd be offering money with McTomney, try and get some of these players out. I think Brighton, I think McTominay actually, that would be a good move for him to go to Brighton. Um, but if United get Casado on Mount, that midfield does look impressive. Just got to get a striker. Um, what are you going to do though, uh, Rodders, if Harry Kane goes to Bayern? 
because uh, that he's gathering a bit of pace, mate. He wants his trophies instead of his individual honours. Mm, a bit of ambition from Harry Kane. You could down. She what you should have done. You should have down tools, mate, like he did last time when you had a little poke at him when he was trying to force a move to Man City and he refused to go to training. Yeah, I, like I said, I said earlier, mate, um, that I don't think Harry Kane will leave the Premier League. But there has been a few rumblings the last couple of days that his family quite fancy a move. I think I said I just said to the boys in the chat. I think as the transfer window moves on, United will end up buying Harry Kane for about eighty million plus add-ons, taking it to closer to a hundred, or maybe like eighty-five or something like that. But for United to spend, you know, to get Casado, to get Onana, to get Mount, to get Kane, to get all these players, one, they got to sell some bloody players, and two, got to get this sale done. Got to get a sale done, mate. Oh, nah, nah. He's going to be a cracking signing. Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Reese says, Ruben Loftus-Cheek going on a free to AC Milan. What a waste of a career. No game time at Chelsea, really. Never really wanted to leave. Too many players at that club. They need to get out. Yeah. Do you remember years ago, Chelsea had like flipping like 60 kids out on loan? And... They would come back and they just go on loan and they just keep loaning them and renewing their contracts. Outrageous. But um, Chelsea got, have got about 35 first team players and they've sold about six already in the last couple of weeks. What do we think of, um, like, what, how do we think Poch will do at Chelsea? I know, uh, Reese, I know you're a big fan of, um, of Poch. Like, is Chelsea just a poison chalice where managers just go for a year? Because at the moment, they look at absolute shambles. I do think Potts is the right man to get him steadied and back on track. Um, but they, they've got to do something about... Um, they've got to do something about this owner, Todd Burley, Bowley, whatever his name is. Got to keep him out of the bloody changing room and the, and the transfers. Leave it to the people who understand football because um, he's almost becoming like a caricature of himself, sacking these managers, trying to sign every single player that comes available. Um, uh, at least they got their little Saudi link up, link up now to ease the financial fair play side of things. Jordan Ive on trial at Chesterfield, all the hype about him at Liverpool, and he never um, quite achieved what he could. Yeah, I think. I kind of agree with that with Jordan Ive. He always looked pretty good. Like I remember watching him as a youngster for play for Liverpool, and he always looked decent. Maybe Cardiff should have a look at him if he's on a free. Worth a look. Worth a look. You never know. Probably uh, doesn't seem like he's up to the level of the championship at the moment, playing two games a week. But you never know, mate. Conor, Ga Conor Gallagher is a special one. I think I would keep him. Yeah. It's difficult to see. You just don't know with Chelsea who they're going to keep and who they're going to get rid of. And that's the thing, like, Conor Gallagher is similar to, like, what I was saying about um, James Ward-Prowse. Just one of them players who kind of, like, goes under the radar a little bit. But I think he was he was really good. And, you know, I watched the United-Chelsea game towards the end of the season. And the Chelsea players in the second half were an absolute disgrace. They was just basically just down tools, could be bothered. And United walked through him. 
But I actually thought Connor Gallagher, I think he came on as a sub, um, was one of the, he was the only one who just kept going and kept going and he looked dangerous. But it was um there's something going desperately wrong at Chelsea and they need to fix it because last season was a disgrace for the squad. For the squad they had, regardless of whether they had twenty seven managers in the season, they should be doing a lot better than what they did, let's be honest. It was absolute shocking. Shocking, shocking, shocking stuff. It was really, really bad. Um, Maurice says, uh, I think Pochettino needs time to clear out the club like Arteta did. He'll get them playing good stuff, but he needs to have the final say on who they sign to keep Bowley away from football matters. Yeah, and this is this is the problem, mate, right? Is Todd Bowley, by all accounts so far, since he took over the football club, he hasn't stayed out of stuff. Like you have expected him to sack the manager at halftime when they're losing and just start coaching the side. Like he's been embarrassing. Like it was like a running joke in January. Like Chelsea is literally trying to sign everyone. I agree with you. If they gave Pochettino a couple of years and just left him to it, let him sign who he wanted to sign. I agree with you. I think you'd do a good job. Fact is, if he gets off to a bad start and loses five of the first ten couple of draws, probably get sacked. It just is what it is. Chelsea are what they are. Um, what else did I say I wanted to talk about? Declan Rice, we talked about him. There was someone else I wanted to talk about. Saudi Arabia just signing more and more players. But um, fair play, like I said earlier, fair play to Jamie Vardy to, to have the balls to say, no, nah, you know, Kind of, I've earned enough money. I don't want to go somewhere which is going to uproot my family. Good for him. Lukaku looks like he could end up staying at Chelsea, which is flipping mental. Do we think, right, Romano Lukaku's 30? Has he ever fully achieved what he could in football? Has he kind of coasted? I'm interested because when he burst on the scene, people thought he was going to be the natural successor to Drogba. And, uh, you yeah, know, they're different players. He joined Chelsea for £97.5 from Inter Milan in 2021. As soon as they sacked the manager, he was out of favour. He was on the bench. Then he went on loan. Um, didn't He was not happy there. He did an interview with, I think, Sky Sports Italy and said he was not happy and you know, you're not supposed to do that are you and now obviously he went on loan to inter looks happy again but i don't think inter are going to pay the money to get him full time um chelsea have considered including the striker in a swap deal to see vlahevic move to chelsea to chelsea yeah i think they do need a striker chelsea so i suppose that would make sense because lukaku seems to be happy in italy vlahevic I um it's funny, I was I used to really, really rate Vlahovic and then this year I kind of have gone off him a little bit when I've watched him and think thought he's as good. And then um I saw in an interview with uh Vidic and he someone asked him if they thought he should sign for United because they need a striker and basically he said no and I think he should like he knows him quite well. So that tells you a, a, a bit about that. 
Um, Reese says, Wrexham owners have started a Welsh language channel. Shows the difference an American owner who cares about a community and one who thinks he's playing football manager. Well, yeah, look at the Glazers. Uh, look at Todd Bowley. Look at the way they run. They're running their football clubs. Look at even FSG at Liverpool. Not quite at the Glazers level, but I think I think I said a few weeks back, you give it a year or two, and I bet you there'll be FSG protests from the Liverpool fans because they got no money to spend either. Um, and then you look at Ryan Reynolds and the rest of the guys, and they just they seem to have fallen in love with the club. They seem like the owners we all want rich but love the club but are leaving the football decisions to football people that's what we that's the dream in it to have a like a multi-million billion dollar owner who's got a shitload of cash famous around the world so he can get you crazy sponsors which you shouldn't be getting at the level you're at but let the football people do the football stuff to me that's the dream um and I would be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit jealous of Wrexham and what they've been able to achieve. And I think Wrexham will end up in the Premier League probably before Cardiff. Which seems insane because Cardiff are in the Championship 1 league below the Premier League and Wrexham are in League 2. But I'm, I'm basing that on the ownership and the boards and stuff. Like you could see Wrexham going up again. Um, but then as Salford City have found, just because you've got money, these leagues are difficult to just keep going up. You, you know, you can't just bring in players and just spend money and you automatically go up. You've got to win the football matches. And, you know, League One, League Two, Championship, non-league. These are long seasons. They're a slog. Got to get the right players. I saw Nanny was linked with going to, um, to Wrexham for a season. That would be mental but i tell you what he would do some bits in league two he'd probably get his legs broken he's gonna get some kicks but i tell you what he would do some bits he scored some goals down there mate nanny is so talented people forget like people assume because he never really hit the numbers like ronaldo did and messi did and all these people which no one does but he never quite went on and did what you thought he was going to do people think he was like a like a Memphis to pie at United, like Nanny was doing bits at, at United. He had, you know, four or five great seasons there, won trophies, performed, scored some incredible goals. Um, Vlahovic turned down Arsenal to go to Juve for Champions League football. That backfired. Yes, it did. Oh, God, yes, it did. Uh, Reese says, I do think it's easier to fall in love with football in the lower leagues rather than the Premier League. 100%. Hundred percent. And I went to see. I've been. I've been to see Cardiff Met play a couple of times and Tafswell play a couple of times. And um, I have so much fun there. Like my mate follows him everywhere, and he does the programs and stuff for um, Cardiff Met and that. But it's uh, yeah, I have so much fun going to watch like Welsh league football and lower league football. Um, it's just. It reminds me of the old days, I guess. Like, it feels very detached at the moment. Like, I feel more detached from Cardiff in some ways as a club than I ever have, which is sad, but just a fact of life. Um, and the way it is, the way football's going, 
with the money and the and the owners and whatnot. Um, yeah, depressing. Um, but I'm going to be wrapping it up soon. So if you have got any questions, please get them in. Um, well, you know, it doesn't have to be a football time. People have football. We can be about anything you want to, anything you want to talk about. Um, if there's anything in particular, the only thing I will not talk about is um the upcoming new series which is not podcast related because i can't discuss that because um we've got a few little um legality forms to sign and permissions to to get before i can fully get to business with it but um it all looks like it's running smoothly and looks nice it's gonna be good looking forward to enjoying uh, hopefully you guys enjoying it and seeing something different on the channel. Um, but yeah, if you've got any questions, get them in. Mason Greenwood, well, Mason Greenwood, in my opinion, you know, this is what I think will happen. I'm not saying this is what I think should happen. This is what I think will happen. I think United will send him out on loan for two on a two-year loan, and then they will either sell him for big money or they will bring him back, depending on what the general just the feeling is. I think if they could bring him back now in pre-season without anyone giving them a load of shit and sponsors getting in the mood and the rest of it, they would. Because you've got to remember, before he would, turned out that he was a bit of a cunt, like, um, he's a £100 million player, easy, like 18, 19, already doing bits in the Premier League. Like, he was... The real deal as a footballer unfortunately he was a cunt so yeah if i'm united i wouldn't probably not never play him again I, that's my opinion i know some people disagree some people agree um there's no divine right to play for united and i think he's burnt that bridge in my opinion by his own actions um but i think he's still an asset from a business point of view they can't sack him because he hasn't been charged so I think the solution is kind of kick it down the road and send him on loan for two years to Italy. There's a few big clubs after him. And if he goes to one of the, like say he goes, just let's use Roma as an example, because I think they were linked with him. If he goes to Roma and scores a shitload of goals in um, Serie A, they'll sign him for 50 million, 60 million, maybe even more. Will the Saudis come in? And I saw that there was a, a report the other day linking him to a, like a move out to Saudi for like 80 million now. If I'm United, I'm snapping, snapping anyone's hands off if, if Saudis come in for him for like 80 million. And I mean, he could go out there and no one out there would give a shit what he's been doing. Go and, and he can go and live a life with his missus and their baby and, and not have to deal with the media and the shit which comes with what he's done. Uh, but then... And I, and I know there'll be people who will say this as I'm saying it, so I've got to give the other side of it. The other side of it is he wasn't charged, so he, should he be allowed to just carry on playing? He should be allowed to resume his career. Do I agree with that? I don't agree with that, but some people do think he hasn't been charged, so he should be allowed to resume his career, especially when you've got players like Alonso and Lee Hughes and all these footballers who've done heinous things. You know, let's not forget that there was strong rumours that Ronaldo had done something similar and paid off the person. There was strong rumours 
that other players who are still playing have done. You know, Party's just played a full season. He was rumoured to have done something or whatever. Like, it's... I just think it's sad and just, like... So there's so many fucking wrong ends about. Um, Reese says, having not played competitive football in so long, I wonder how hard it will be to get back to his best. And that's if he could even get to his best. Yeah, and that is the thing, mate, right? You know, will he ever get back to that level? Probably not. But he was so good that if you if he got back to like 70% of where he was, he'd still be a very, very good footballer who would play at a high level. Just maybe not turn out to be the elite player that he probably was going to be. But then also, it was just a fitness thing. It depends what he's been doing in that two year, nearly two years off now. So like, if he has kept himself fit, like it's just a case of getting up to speed. Like, I just don't think United want to deal with it. So I just think it's such such a ball egg that they will just kick it down the road by loaning him out for two years to to Italy or wherever it goes. Unless the Saudis come in and say, we'll give you 50 mil or whatever just to take him off your hands. And then I think that's an easy decision. Otherwise, because I think they won't want to sell him cheap. They don't particularly want to integrate him back into the side at the moment because of the outcry that would come with it from sponsors and the women's team and blah, blah, blah. So the easiest thing to do is to kick it down the road with a loan. Is what it is. Everyone's got an opinion on it. You're never going to agree. Like either side's never going to agree. Um, so I've tried to paint a picture from all sides. Um, tell me what you think in the comments, though. Should he, should he be allowed to resume his United career? Should he? Should they just sell him? Should they loan him and then see? Should they loan him and then hopefully sell him? Like, what do you think should happen? What do you think will happen? I'm always interested in what your views are. Um, what's that? I just seen a little exclusive there. What's that say? Mason Greenwood update. Ooh, let's have a look. Uh, major Mason Greenwood update as Manchester United's plan for the striker is revealed and while he makes an extra 350 grand. So the plan for Mason Greenwood's future has reportedly been decided by Manchester United. The striker suspended in January 22 after he made there was allegations of physical and sexual abuse. Uh, Greenwood's due to stand trials, all charges were dropped, blah, blah, blah. Right. Now, United are considering loaning Greenwood out as manager Ten Hag is against selling the forward. Uh, the Sun can also reveal that Greenwood has just posted bumper profits from his image rights company, despite not playing for more than a year. He's continued to pick up 75 grand a week in wages. Fucking hell. Absolutely obscene that he's still making that much money when you consider why he's not playing. Um, yeah, that makes you feel sick. Um, Charges were dropped, blah, blah, blah. I just wanted to see if there was a well, the update was on. So he's got a contract till 2025. Looks like they're going to loan him out. Yeah, I think that makes the most sense. Loan him out to Italy. If he gets back to his previous levels, then you can sell him for big money. Whereas now, if they sold him now, they probably only get like a few million. Whereas if they if he goes on loan and scores goals. Um, Reese, you said that I heard the tapes. I don't think he should play again. So you don't think he should play for anyone or you don't think he should play for United again? And if you don't think he should play ever again, how do you feel about 
other players who've done similar or even worse who still continue to play to this day. Not saying you're wrong, by the way, I'm just interested in like what you think. Because, you know, just because one person's a cunt doesn't mean that he should get away. Doesn't mean that someone else should get away with something or not be suitably punished or whatever, however you want to describe it. Just because someone else has been able to carry on. It's just a horrible subject, I've got to be honest. Don't like talking about it, but it's a story. It's in the news, so we discuss it. Um, oh, no, no, but I don't think you should get paid to play again. Same with the likes of Party. There are messages out there which have been verified. They shouldn't be playing. Yeah, I agree, mate. I agree. And I, I, I always, it always felt a bit... Did last season, I always felt like... Like, we've talked about the hypocrisy of football fans before. I mean, like I was saying about the state ownership and stuff like that. Um, like, football fans are hypocrites when it comes down to it in terms of their own clubs. And everyone's criticising United and, and Mason Greenwood, rightly so. But then Arsenal fans will cheer Thomas Party and stuff like that. And, you know, it's sad, but it's true. Um, Manchester United linked with Andre Onana and £69 million bid for Goncalo Ramos. What do you think about that then, guys? Last finish. Do you think... Goncalo Ramos from Benfica would be a good signing for United to play as their as their out for, you know, as their main striker. To me, in my opinion, if they're going to not sign Harry Kane, they should go for Hoyland. Over, I don't, I'm not a massive fan of um, of Ramos from Benfica. I don't think he's, I don't think he's all that for that money as well. Um, you can play Sunday league if he wants to, recess, but to earn a living doing it, it doesn't sit right with me. I'm not saying I'm a saint, but I heard those tapes, and honestly, it was horrible. Yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of agree, mate. I just, it just doesn't sit right with me. Like, it, I was quite, I've been quite sort of down by reading that that how much money he's made from image rights and his wages in the last year and a half when he's not playing, and he's not playing because of what he did, and it's being investigated and stuff, and he's still getting paid millions. Yeah, not a not a fan. Um, think what do you think of, of Onana from Inter Milan signing for United as well? I think that would be a good signing in Ten Hag system. Um, Goncalo Ramos, let me know your feelings on him. Um, Reese says same with the Saudis owning Newcastle. I heard the Khashoggi Khashoggi tapes, which is the journalist which was uh, obviously killed, and it haunted me. He says uh, it was disgusting. Begged not to be suffocated before they cut him up, or because he spoke out against the crown prince. Yeah, yeah, mate, it's horrible stuff. Horrible, horrible stuff. But Newcastle are happy because they've got their rich owners, means they can compete. Got him back in the Champions League. Got him in the Champions League. You know they can compete for the top players financially. So fans from Newcastle they overlook these things. I, I do agree with you, though. Um, Tom Heaton's move blocked. Yeah. I don't think Goncalo Ramos is the one, but, you know, I guess it'll come down to who they can get because they need a striker badly. Um, okay. I think we'll call it a day there. 
can't think of any other story which I wish to, to discuss this evening. But um, <clears throat> be back on Monday with Andy Campbell to talk the old AC footy interviews. We'll talk his what he's been up to. We'll talk a bit of football, a bit of everything. Take your questions in the live chat. Please do spread the word about that, that Andy's coming back. It's live on Monday. It'll be up for download afterwards and up to watch afterwards. But um, spread the word. Be good to have a good old audience for when he's back. Um, and yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. And then we'll do the Cardiff show Wednesday. I might sort of integrate next week. I might integrate the Wednesday and Thursday show together. So I might do like forty-five minutes on Cardiff and the championship, and then forty-five minutes on the rest of football and kind of just break it into one longer show of an hour and a half just to save me so I can spend some time with my bloody wife. Um, but yeah, we'll be back. Check, please check out my story on Saturday with Brandon Scott. It's a really, really good episode. Really interesting. Um, he talks about threats, being bullied, boxing, everything. Eddie Hearn loves him. He is a proper viral sensation and he's going to be the next big thing. Um, in the boxing world, and certainly in UK boxing. So uh, do check that out. It's out 12 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, Sugar and Silk with Ben Doty and Michael Ollajady Jr. Sunday night, 9 o'clock on Ben's Facebook channel. Produced by us. Monday, Campbell. Wednesday, Cardiff Championship. Thursday, the Footy News Weekly. Let's fucking go. Oh, nearly forgot. So Brandon Scott, Saturday. My story. And then the week after that is former Cardiff City striker Gavin Gordon on my story. So there you go. Little treat for you all, football fans. I haven't had a footballer on my story for a while. So there you go. Good old Gav Gordon's on. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. Take it easy, my people. Thank you for joining me as always. Be good. Be bad. Whatever it may be. Podcast Network.